Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Brady. Good, Good morning, morning, world. Why don't you tell the lovely folks at home what we're doing today? Well, today we're getting at her with some Moscow Mules and reviewing true crime movies. And we've chosen a lovely little movie called How Debbie Did Dave. And no, it's not a porno. No, silly. Pornos are next week. So the movie was about two hours long. I really loved the tone. Oh yeah, Debbie really did it. The hell was that? Uh, I don't know. I don't think it was a cat. That sounded like ectoplasm. Our ghost hunt episode isn't for another week. Is that you, Dave? What did Debbie do to you? I'm a spooky ghost. This, oh, this is, is definitely, definitely not, not PC. Do you like watching regionally locked content on Netflix? Yes? Well, the folks over at Squarespace, I mean NordVPN, will give you the closest shave on your balls. I mean, uh, wait, where am I? This isn't the Joe Rogan experience. Katie and Brady on the podcast! Pie. 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 It's pie day, isn't it? Pie, how are you? <laughs> that was a little bit cheesy, oh, sorry. Well. That's okay. Well, you know, there is cheese pie. They, uh, you know, what was it, the tradition where you put cheese on, a, on an apple pie? Oh, nothing's better Speaking than a of slice cheese. of sharp cheddar on a, oh. like smoked sharp cheddar oh. even on a oh. piece of apple pie. I haven't had a smoked one before. Oh, <laughs> haven't you? Oh. <laughs> no. I actually like, good. I am in the camp that enjoys, but it has to be good cheese. Like yeah. a really nice cheddar or Havarti or, you know. It has like, to have a bit of that sharpness. To, and the creaminess to, to it. Because it has to contrast the very sweet apple. I don't know, and though. I'm pretty redneck. I wonder if people in my family, like, use some, some of that processed cheese on there. Spray you know? some cheese whiz on there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that peel cheese? Just <laughs> oh. slap it on there. <laughs> the uh, fucking craft singles? <laughs> yeah, craft single. Oh, I just thought of the most redneck pie ever. Okay, so you get bought pie crust okay. and the canned apple pie filling, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't use ice cream. You use Cool Whip and some processed well, cheese, like the craft singles. I haven't had a processed cheese I think you should. There, we should make it layered mm. in there. I don't know if I'd eat it. But we it, should it wouldn't make hurt it. you that bad, just a little bit of it. It would terrify Look, me. processed food is still food. Yeah. It's just okay. processed. <laughs> I mean, the... It's, it's basically all created in a lab as opposed to grown completely natural. Processed cheese, it doesn't though, hurt you it's if you not even cheese, it's cheese food. Like, if you look yeah, at Yeah, it's cheese-flavored butter. Or it's a, cheese well, flavored, it says it's a food uh, it's product. It's cheese-flavored margin. Margarine. Cheese-flavored margarine? That's pretty much what it is. Like, I love throwing it at people, though, because It's like it Crisco sticks. that's hardened. It's like Gorilla Glue adhesive quality. You <laughs> just launch glue. it and it, it smacks. Yeah. Have you ever, did you ever get in a cheese fight? No, what? Oh, you're missing Who out. Who gets in cheese fights? People that live in logging camps. Oh, I'm camps. sorry. When I grew, <laughs> when really I grew where I grew up, where, when I grew up, we had stuff to do. <laughs> wow, boomer. That was like... The, <laughs> well, I'll just let you, you... know, when I lived in the logging camp and there was literally nothing, no humans, no nothing, the yeah, cheese fight... you gotta have something to it's do. It's kind of like being in solitary confinement. You know yeah. how people in like uh, Tom Hanks and Vinted Wilson... Yeah. We just... We actually got that weird because you were just completely isolated. It makes sense. Yeah, we did well, cool stuff. Well, I was talking to my father-in-law yesterday mm-hmm. and he was talking about how they used to... He grew up down in Florida and down in the South. Cool. And they used to throw rotten grapefruits at each other. <gasps> we had gooseberry fights too. Gooseberries hurt. Oh, yeah, Before bet. they're ripe, they're about this thing. Yeah. Well, we we had an yeah. apricot tree in my backyard. That was. And so me and my cousins would just throw kind of the, when it got <laughs> when they got soft and 
So we would throw. We have not apricots. evolved very much in some ways, you no, know. No, I mean realistically, we, we're still throwing shit at each other, just like when, just like the old days. Just like the old days. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, human beings. I was reading, we're capable of thinking about thinking, which is what separates us. Yeah, I, really, that was the most eloquent way I've ever. I think Doctor Ellis, Doctor Albert Ellis, or something. He's a cognitive behavioral thinking guy. He talked about we can think about thinking, and yeah. I, that's really cool. I mean. if to think about that, which is something else. You know, your dog out in the yard is not going to be thinking about, why am I thinking about this right now? You know, they don't no, do that. it's, from what I can gather, it's a lot of animals are purely reactive. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just instincts kick in. You just have this muscle memory that comes on. So, and that's kind of part of the reason it's so hard for some animals to learn, too. They do have emotions, you but have they're to not train the same time. level as human emotions. Right. Like, you know, because... It's interesting, though. I, well, it's mostly the limbic system. I love our podcast because we started talking about pie because today's pie day. Of course, pie. But then that we went... all sorts of different... Yeah. <laughs> for, we started talking about... Of thought. The, the, you know, rationality. Yeah. All righty. Well, because um, I've spent all morning making a caramel apple pie and a... You said a cheese pie. Well, yeah. I made a Reese's... Um, so I made an Oreo cookie crust with peanut butter cheesecake filling and Reese's and chocolate ganache. And yum. It's there, pie day. There's a very uh, intricate argument... Okay. That people had on the internet one time about is cheesecake pie or is it cake or is it its own thing? It's its own thing. It's, it's not. I a cake. always considered it kind of its own thing. It's called cheesecake, but is it really a cake? I it's don't know. more pie than cake. It's more pie than cake, but it's also a kind of cake. Okay, true cheesecake is a type of custard, which custards are pies because mm-hmm. it does okay, have a so crust. Why don't we call it cheese pie? I don't know. I don't know why. Why do things have? Why is Boston cream pie, which is a cake? Yeah, what's called Boston cream pie? I don't know. See, this is the this is the thing with language. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And that's also very. And what American. is tiramisu? Because it's both. Oh, it's a trifle. Yeah, it's like um, it's like the old the pan ultimate dessert. Pan ultimate. It's a conglomeration of all the things. <laughs> it is really because it is. It's pie because it's got all the cream elements and it does. It doesn't necessarily. The cake is the crust of the pie, though, which are soaked cookies. It's not even so a it's true not crust. Even true, so it's almost. Both. It's almost it's the all trifecta. of the above. That's why it starts yeah, with and the it's tea. pudding at the same time. It's custard mm-hmm. it, for all you for all you people over the pond. It's custard. Well, we call then, it pudding for some reason here because that's just American. We just make America silly pudding for shit. is something that comes in a box and you put milk in it. But over there, yeah. pudding is dessert. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's but it's th- they call it custard. But it's essentially just pudding. It's really weird. But custard. Na- what is what a weird name for? Why did they call it pudding? What? Who made that up? Is it slang? It's got to be slang. Well, they used to eat a lot more Puddin', puddings. Putting it in there because it had egg and suet and all that stuff in it. There's yeah. a whole, you know, the history well, of food twi- is fascinating. Well, the stuff that isn't that isn't in a box, the Jello pudding. Mm-hmm. If you make it how it's supposed to be made, it's probably really good. You know what? Maybe that's the key to pudding. Is it in, in its origins? It was something that was gelatinous because it wasn't just sweet. There were yeah. savory puddings too, like Yorkshire pudding, or I don't know. There's all these different puddings. Right, right. Whereas Custard is a baked egg sugary sort of thing that sets yeah. up. So I don't know. There's yeah, it's different... pretty much the same thing as pudding. I don't like custard unless it's done right because it gets too eggy. Custard is magical yeah. when it's done correctly, yeah. but if it's not done correctly, it's, it, it, it's just it's like It's my eating... favorite uh, donut filling is custard. Really? Yeah. You're, you dig the custard filling? That's really good. I don't eat a lot of sweets. It's funny because like my husband was just making fun of me. I make <laughs> sweets for other people pretty much once a day. Yeah, I noticed that. It's funny how you don't really eat sugar very much, but you're always you always are surrounded by cookies and cakes and pies and. It actually is cool that I don't eat it. It's like <laughs> I value my health. It's just really well, funny. Well, and then I way. wonder am I contributing to people's bad thing? But I honestly, if I could eat sugar and not feel bad, I would all the yeah. time. But I just feel bad, well, so I can't eat it as much. I don't want to get too deep, but I think America could benefit if we consider sugar a drug, because yeah. it really is. 
Oh yeah. It's the most addicting substance on the planet. And you for whatever reason, it's it's humans have figured out that this is the quickest way to a dopamine uh, hit is just eat some sugar. The amount of drinks that we have with sugar in it, because until Soda you break your sugar addiction, candy. you don't realize how much you had it. Until because now I try right. after a few years because I'm probably four or five years into this after my breaking the addiction because I had to have it of every meal and uh, sugar and and carbs which turned to sugar I overloaded myself but I was miserable but now a couple years into this I'm like I don't even want it that much anymore like when I bake that big huge cheesecake mm-hmm. I'm probably I've waited all week and haven't had any sugar so I probably will have some pie because there's going to be like eight of them at this thing I'm going to. Because I like to taste things, but honestly, I won't enjoy it that much because sugar just doesn't make me feel good. No. You know, it just, I don't. Well, I don't I get that much. I think you just have it very rarely. Or small amounts. You probably feel better. But it's one of those things. It's because it's a, just like any drug or anything you do at mm-hmm. all. It's like the, the law of diminishing returns. If you eat sugar all the time, you're not any, you're no, no more are you going to get the dopamine. No. You're mostly just going to just... Get the get the hit of it. You get the addiction in check, and then you're fucking fiending for it in a couple hours. But you also just feel like shit because then your body's flooded with insulin and serotonin, and you want to go to bed. Well, but it's already body, it's only ten in the morning, and you got work the rest. And of the our day, bodies so. are designed to take sugar, <laughs> and that's why we have a pancreas. The problem is mm-hmm. we're not doing enough work to offset the amount we're taking in in our modern yeah, diets. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those balance things. Like if you're consuming calories, you should really be burning them off. You don't want to run on empty either, so you don't want to burn them all off. There has to be a balance. So well, and I noticed the, the, the amount of the, the drinks, like in the Northwest here, we're coffee oh stands central. And I don't, people are not drinking coffee at the coffee stands because I yeah. I don't go in them very often, but like I went in the other day and the, what they order is basically sugar with some, it's, maybe some coffee flavoring. And a lot fucking, of them not even. It's milk with a tiny bit of coffee in and it. And then most of people way. aren't even getting coffee drinks. They're getting like the Red Bull things. Oh yeah. The Italian which, sodas and stuff. Yeah. Or yeah. like Red Those Bull. Those are good. Every once in a while, I like a good Red Bull Italian soda. I had never and for those had of, one. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's Red Bull, and then they add. I think it's it's usually whole milk because they cheap out on you. But you're supposed to add like cream. heavy cream. But most of the coffee stands just use whole milk. But that's okay. And club soda. Um, and then club soda. Well, the Red Bull takes the place of the club soda. Yes, and those ones. Normally, an Italian soda is just club soda, which is just carbonated water, mm-hmm. and um, just some kind of a flavor syrup and milk. And there's a mi- cream. Have you ever been to the restaurant supply store? Do you know how many syrups there are now? Yeah. There's a whole. That's wall. the best place to get those because I, if I like you go it. to Walmart and get a bottle of it, first of all, they only have like four flavors because it's usually they're selling it with the coffee. Oh, go get it and, at the and restaurant supply store. And it's usually just like caramel, store. caramel, and like hazelnut and stuff like that. If you go to the restaurant supply store, they have every fucking flavor under the sun. Like my favorite's orange and kiwi. By the way, ooh. I don't don't have any idea why. So when I was a kid, we lived because in Spokane. There's a fucking coffee shop literally every two blocks. Oh, yeah. If it's, not more. Our town's tiny. I don't we have understand like five it. coffee shops. There's only, uh, like, there's only 600,000, 700,000 people, but there's at least a coffee shop to handle a half a person each. Like, it's there's that many coffee shops. It's stupid. Um, but we lived a block away from one. And me and my buddies, when we were riding our bike out around the around the town and stuff, uh, we'd, uh, we'd go and get ice water there because they'd give us free ice water. Mm-hmm. And it was very nice of them, and we got to know the lady that worked there and everything. And, you know, eventually when I started getting a little bit of an allowance, I didn't get much of an allowance, but I got a little bit of money. So we'd go and we'd spend it on uh, an Italian soda every once in a while there, because I didn't drink coffee back then. I don't think they would have sold us coffee as kids. They didn't used to sell kids stuff. It was only like 12 or 11 or something like that. But we'd be riding our bikes, go get some ice water, and every once in a while we'd get an Italian soda. But my Russian friend, no idea how he came up with this flavor combination, but he did orange and kiwi. I would always get like just like a raspberry or something like that. 
something simple, you know, your normal flavor. He decided to get orange and kiwi mixed. It sounds kind of amazing. And I just got curious because after four or five times, he kept getting the same one. I'm like, it's got to be good, right? You gave her a try? I tried it. It was the best flavor combination. I wonder if they make an orange kiwi syrup because there's syrups for no, everything. No, it was two different syrups. Oh, man. I'm they should you, combine them, though. In that wall of syrups, because I get, there's a kind um, of lemon and French uh, company makes a erythritol kind, so it's sugar-free of the mm. caramel syrup. So I get it for my coffee. I enjoy it. <laughs> because you know it's sugar, it's a sugar alcohol, so it's not going to hurt me. But right, right. Um, it won't make candida grow. But right. it's just the va- the vast volume of flavors. And then yeah, the youngins. I guess some of them are drinking like up to five or six of those Red Bull um, Italian sodas a day. And I, I, that's what's it. It's a drug though. Like you should have one Red Bull if you're going to have Red Bull. You should have one Red Bull. And it and should call be it, a, day. it should be a treat. Not yeah. I. Well, no, my little. I have some of my little kidlings. You know that I was the beef leader. Some of my beeflings. They live on those mm-hmm. energy drinks. And I'm thinking, what's that do if, to your vascular system? If you're going to have more than one, I recommend just getting those energy shots because they have less sugar in them. Oh, it's like- mostly just the supplementary energy mix that they have in the shots. Because what those energy shots were was somebody wanted a Red Bull when Red Bull first came out. Mm-hmm. But, but they, they, did, the they weren't thirsty. They were thinking, how can I make the same energy, like the same energy mixture, but without having to drink a whole can of drink? That's interesting. So he he invented the energy shot. Well, and so like you're gonna have a lot less of the sugar in there because they don't have to you know the water the the carbonated water that's in the Red Bull, you know you have it's diluting all the other stuff so you have to add some flavor to it otherwise it tastes like ass. Gross. Well, to other people, I just got into those booblies, those boobly drinks. I like those. Things. And those are just literally carbonated water with some flavoring in it. I like. And the so hint they're of not. Flavor. It's not a strong flavor by any means whatsoever. But it's to me, it's good. I don't know. I don't need strong flavor. Yeah. A lot. Of, I let, growing up as a kid when I was out haying for my grandfather. Love you, Papa. Thank you for teaching me the value of working for nothing. Um, I, <laughs> I used to drink lemon water. I love lemon water is awesome. Lemon it's water, so refreshing. My grandma would put and you get that vitamin C. Oh, love lemon water. Uh, mm. Warm beer? No. Ugh. The fuck? Oh God. I know people who only drink warm beer. That's about well. Sometimes there would only be beer because it was hay season and people in hay season like their beer for some reason. And brother, my brother and I would be just dying. And Grandma would bring this little thirty-two ounce jug of lemon water. We beat each other to death over who got to drink the most. Of it. <laughs> so uh, it was either that or warm. Like what is that? Bush light. Ugh. Yeah, that was. You Piss might as well. Water. You might as well die. I, I'm just not an alcohol fan. I never. Oh, I, I was fourteen like years it. old. But when yeah. you stacked like three hundred bales of hay, you, yeah. you're thirsty. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I grew to I hated beer as a young person because of that. And then some people drink, like, think they're hydrating themselves with beer. They'll drink a beer, like, at work instead of water. It's like, you're really dehydrating yourself more. You're stupid. I just like water. (laughs) Water's my favorite drink. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been cutting down on soda lately. Mm. And then when I want that carbonation feeling in my, in my throat. I like the bubbly. That's why I got the the bubblies or boobleys or whatever. I call them boobleys. Michael boobleys. I'm pretty sure it's boobly because it's B U B L Y. That's yeah. I don't even. know. I don't know. English is weird. You can I take intentionally it way, say but... stuff wrong on purpose yeah. so that way people you know can. <laughs> Michael Bublé though I like yeah, that. Michael Bublé. <laughs> <laughs> um, but those are good, and then you don't have any of the corn syrup or anything in it, and it's great. I don't know if carbonated water is necessarily bad for you. The only thing that I've read the carbonation does too is it it's builds up bubbles. lactic acid, but it's not like you're a weightlifter uh, or a sprinter, so you'd be fine. Yeah, I don't think I really have yeah, a I problem. Yeah, I think you're okay. But other than that, I think, you know, club soda's not bad. But I figured, like, if I'm going to drink carbonated beverage, maybe I should go healthier. Because, just, I don't know, I started to feel like shit when I'm drinking corn syrup all the time. 
Well, so. at some point in your life, you got to mm. do, I don't know, balance they, you know, things out. It's all about balance. That's what I wanted to talk about is that you notice yeah, balance, yeah. having a Red Bull because you like it is good. But if you're depending on Red Bull or coffee or anything else to get you through the day. Well, I'm very dependent on coffee. I will admit it. Really? I have one <laughs> cup of coffee a day. But some days I, have, I just I do don't too. have like, coffee. Sundays is when I drink my most coffee. That's because we're going to do this. Yeah. Brain but power. normally I pour one, you know, eight ounce glass mm-hmm. of coffee and that's it for me. The rest is for David when he comes over. Oh, well, you know what? That's, I know. T- okay, my husband drinks eight cups of coffee every morning black, but I think it's a leftover from his time in the military. Yeah. Me, I, one cup is fine, and some days I just randomly don't have a cup because just to show, you know, tell myself I don't need it, you I, know? When I worked hard, when I used to work like physical jobs, I know for a fact I didn't need to do this, but in my mind, I drank, I had to have the energy, so I drank... 24 ounces of coffee, which was, and it's just, you know, real normal Folgers with like some sugar, cream and sugar in it. And then I would have usually two energy drinks and it just varied on what I got. Sometimes so it was like rock, Rockstar is the ultimate Are fucking pretty, one. Pretty intense. And this is obviously subjective, but I like Rockstar the best, the flavor of just the normal Rockstar. None of those stupid juicy ones. Nobody wants to drink juice. You in the morning, like, I want fucking something. You want something. I, 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 the way I took it, and I, I think I was just joking about this, but it, it just became kind of like a doctrine to me. <laughs> it was like, I want the flavor of my energy drink to also wake me up. Like, if it, it, it needs to punch me in the fucking taste buds to wake my ass up, as well as the caffeine. Explode! So that's why I like, I like like the Red Bull, the normal Red Bull flavor. I like Rockstar flavor, a monster energy drink. I like the flavor of those because they punch my mouth awake too. Oh, so you like to be beat beat into yeah, consciousness. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And those are very good at that because it's like a very tangy, sour, but yet sweet. Like, it's a literal fist in your mouth. It's weird. There's probably... It's so hard to even describe the flavor of those things because there, there isn't an actual, like, it's not based on anything. It's just, it's like a proprietary flavor that's hard to even describe. I've never liked Very pop. unique. My brother did get me... Okay, when I was stationed at the fair for a week there, and I walked, you know, be, I walked between 40 and 70 miles in five days during the Jesus fair. Christ. Well, it's because <laughs> I'm in charge of stuff. Um, I was dragging one day, and my brother came over with a, uh, yeah, the Red Bull Italian soda things. He's like, here! And, oh, because oh, I'd never had one. You were zinging, probably. I walked yeah. a lot. But I just don't like the way... It makes my... I don't like the way it well, makes Well, it's got good. a lot of niacin in it. Um, and they do that on purpose B6. because it gives you it gives you an illusion that you're jittery when you're ooh, not actually ooh, jittery. No, thank you. Um, they do this on purpose because uh. if they didn't put that in there, you would it wouldn't feel as if you had a boost. Okay. So you would obviously get the caffeine and and the energy supplement. Why it's not always, just snort- there's all these vitamin B and all this other shit in there, taurine and all this other stuff that's been proven to give you energy. Why not just but snort some cocaine? You might like, as well snort some cocaine. That's yeah. like, I but guess they put the niacin in there so that it really feels like you're getting something out of it. Because for whatever hit. reason, niacin gives you kind of the jitters. That's where you get the jitters from the energy Too drinks. Too much vitamin B6? Yeah. That's weird. So they do this on purpose. They're very smart. I like the natural... Well, I, okay, like I put um, MCT powder and all, and all these things and fats, saturated fats in my coffee. And mm. that gives me a form of energy... Yeah, that's that good I energy. quite enjoy because I don't get jittery. Yeah, I do the combination. But one cup of coffee's cool. I don't. Yeah. If you if I have an espresso, watch out. Oh fuck yeah. Yeah. See, that's the thing is like, if you don't drink energy drinks or coffee all the time, and you have one, you're gonna be zinging. You're gonna be fucking flying over the moon. I'm also. And that's how it's supposed to be. I don't think they were intended for people to drink every single day. Although they love the profit margin from people drinking them every single day. Well, and that was. They, my, I don't think that was their intention. I'm very well aware of. I had a friend that was a dear friend of me that became very, very hardcore pothead, and I noticed over time the, the diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. I've been very aware of it since I was a kid. I want the, the return to be there, so I'd rather have less of it and get yeah. the actual effect it, with it's a, little. 
It's a practice of self-discipline when it comes to any drug. I think so. I want it, like, if I if I was going to go do, like, smoke some pot, or if I was going to do any of these things, I, love I would that. really Sorry, I love, the, I love the tone of your voice change. You're like, smoke some pot. Well, I'm just saying, like, if I was going to do some of that, <laughs> I would want to do... Looking around for the FBI cops? Where's well, the FBI where they, If I was to do any of those things, I would want it to really work if it instead sure. of just not. Well, you know, that'll save you money too. Really. Well, I am also very frugal, so there you go. Well, and honestly, I just I believe it, I love minimalism. Yeah. And I think people would enjoy things so much more if there wasn't so much in their lives. Like, sure, you, you know the people that say I have to have a cup of coffee or I won't make it through the day. No, you've made it yourself dependent on it. Yeah. Well. Technically, they're right, though, because once they've decided that, then they have to have it. Yeah. Or, but, they, or they're just going to be a mess. But I've read about that. If you so, make absolute... Correct, you but need actually to, incorrect. Humans are actually happier if you yeet absolutes. Like, yeah, that's true. We develop, we create our own misery by deciding these absolute statements. Like, I must do this or I'm not mm. going to be a good person. I have mm. to have that or I can't get through the day. You set yourself up for this mental dissonance when mm. you do that. I've been reading a lot about that. No, let's talk more about that. Oh, about... Well, Katie reads a lot. It really no, it helps uh, the podcast because I don't. Whatever, Brady. I, the, everything, I, all these philosophies I come up with are literally off the seat of my pants, like, just from my experience and stuff. But you actually read about these things, and it helps because then you can apply, like, these actual, like, scientific, scientific. scientifically decided principles well, been, that I don't know. I've been reading about rational emotive behavior therapy by Dr. Ellis, Dr. Albert Ellis, and it's basically cognitive behavioral therapy. And it's basically, we sort of, our high hypothesism, our triangle, you yeah. know, somehow we magically derived it from the bas basis of that because that's basically using the scientific method to help yourself refuse to be miserable about anything because you're not making absolutes that you can't stand up to. Yeah. Like and, that, you, and it so makes a lot of sense. It right? really does. Yeah. And it's constantly like, you know, you have impressions and then you um, need to investigate those impressions so that you can have new insights. And we, mm -hmm. we came up with the triangle, but they it even goes further into that in this book that I'm reading. I think a, another way to put that, and if you don't want to be all technical, mm -hmm. like, so the scientific method is like, you have to like, uh, be honest with yourself. You do. You're not being honest with yourself if you say, I need this cup of coffee. If you're dealing in those absolutes. Exactly. But if you're honest with yourself, you can say, you know, I really would enjoy this cup of coffee and I think it would give me a boost. Well, exactly. And Dr. Ellis, his my favorite thing that he said in the whole book is he's like, quit masturbating. <laughs> and I love that there's this huge doctor, you know, and he's talking about masturbating. But what it is, is it's when you make these concrete statements, you're setting yourself up to be agitated. Mm -hmm. That's, That's all That's very is. true, though. You know, like if you say... If only I can have a million dollars, then I'll be successful or I'll feel good about me. Yeah. That's not true because you're making a concrete statement. You know, people can behave good, but we're not good. I thought that was interesting. It's like make your um, absolutes about mm. your tasks rather than your actual personality. There's just a ton of things because yeah. we frame everything as humans about if I only I do this, then I, you know, am this way. And it's like that's setting yourself up for failure. It kind of is, though. It really is. It's almost like solidifying your expectations and they're also going to be too high. And you're just going to get angry because yeah. you'll never, you're never going to get there on that pedestal, but you can be happy in your task. You can do the task to the best of your ability. And then they also were talking, he was talking a lot about, um, are you proud of your task accomplishment or are you using it for hubris and being proud of yourself? Right. And in America, we're all about that. Oh, you're so special. Here's your trophy. And it's like you're setting people up for cognitive dissonance doing that. Pretty much. Instead of just saying, hey, good job at this particular task. You really applied yourself here. Yeah. But we also have to, like, set our uh, 
Like where we need to improve. We have to be honest about where we can improve too. Well, and that's where the hypothesis comes in. Yeah. Is you always need to be reflecting, you know, exactly. is my feelings about this coming from a good place where I want to grow or is it just me and my ego? That right. constant reevaluation. And here's, and here's the thing, especially lately because mm-hmm. of this virus, mm-hmm. oh, yes. a lot of people have been, who have never really reflected very much in their, in their, on their life or on their ego have never dealt with their ego very much. It just kind of is there and they're going through their life and they're busy all the time. Then they're forced to, okay, now I can't go to work. I'm stuck at home. Yeah. And it's all about that. And they have only time to do that. Whereas I've had, I'm. <laughs> you like to spend time with yourself. I like to spend time. I've I don't spent think... so much time with myself in life. Like one of my jobs, like I said, it was, I was an inventory manager, or uh, inventory associate, they call it. So I'd, but we traveled, so I was sitting in a van a lot with just my thoughts or some, you know, some music, but well, mostly just myself and my thoughts. Music is so a conduit I've, I've, to help me focus on my thoughts. Yeah. So, um, like, I just had a lot of time to have to deal with that stuff. Yeah. Like, a lot of people can't handle that. No, Especially, like, my stepdaughter. Crazy. Yeah, oh. my stepdaughter is a good example of that. She <laughs> always has to be doing something or engaged in something or talking. Or she gets anxiety. She gets anxiety. She can't be bored. And see, as a child, that's expected because you got to learn all of these tools to help you, you know, as your brain develops Mm -hmm. to function. And and I'm guilty of it sometimes. Sometimes I really don't want to be bored. That's why I'll pull out my phone and just start engaging in something on my phone. Usually it's just absorbing information. I'm addicted to information, but... Was I talking? At least about? I'm admitting it. <laughs> well, you know, we were talking about Lex Freeman and Cal Newsom. What yeah. is his name? Newton Cal. He. They were talking about that concept. If you're always allowing yourself to be interrupted, you can't get into any sort of deep work. I thought that was interesting. Because, I still have yet to listen to that episode. Well, it's okay. The the, con- the idea of deep work, though, that you cognitively can't get into the deep problem solving or that deep thinking if you're constantly available for emails and tweets and all this. Right. That is, that makes sense. I think, a big roadblock in self-reflection these days too because you were talking about this week you had to just turn off i had to just turn off you know because i constantly am in deep deep thought and reflection well yeah guys brady like throughout the day he will send me he finds all the things (laughs) (laughs) i get worried that i'm um, that i'm irritating her sometimes because all day i'm just like no oh look at this thing i found or this thing i found or this thought that i had or this well and usually my brain is doing the same thing it's just i don't say anything and it's nice to have someone to talk to about it because honestly well what we do that i think is interesting is we correlate everything hey this news story correlates with this thing we were talking about over here it's like that constant i'm always trying to make sense of everything exactly and you can kind of predict we're like predicators as far as you can see what's coming we joke about it's theta it's It's more than just meta it's theta it's theta yeah we're we're the next level meta meta. meta. you know we're talking about talking about talking about a thing exactly (laughs) (laughs) and because you know he talks about me reading he is the uh searching on the internet version of me reading yeah because you are reading, too, every time you go through a YouTube thing. Technically, or yeah. Well, I have to read the, the title of the video. There you go. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the problem is I know how to read. Books are just, the bandwidth's too low. It's too slow to get the information to my brain. Well, so I have to watch a video. It has to be audio or video to me. It's too. Fa- been, it's faster. You should have been taught to speed if read I, like Katie. If I could get a Neuralink and just have that shit hardline into my cerebral cortex, I'll take it. Give me that shit now. You, you want if it. If I could get hardline, inform- hard drip information... Straight to the brain. That is, I will take it because the bandwidth of getting all this information is too low. It's too slow. Mm. I don't like it. Really? It gives me anxiety. So I'm like, I just want this information. I don't want to have to go through all the fluff. And we're reading words to me are way. It's way too slow. Um, I don't know what it is about reading I to read me. Really fast. Uh, and I love it. Once I do read, it's like, a, a, and I get that information. I'm happy. But it's but too. The slow reading part. It's too slow. And usually there's a lot of fluff when it comes to reading for some reason. 
Do you want me to time travel back to your teachers and yell at them for not teaching you to read with a stopwatch like mine did? Probably, yeah. I never got into the speed reading thing. Well, I don't know why they taught me that at six years old, but I... Well, like, yesterday I was ill. It doesn't hurt. (laughs) And I read 1,200 pages yesterday. Jesus Christ. How do you even absorb what's going on that fast? I look at the whole page all at once. I don't know. How do you do that? I've always been curious, because Celine can read really fast, too. Really fast, too. too. But some of us are just And I admire her for that. I admire that skill, and it's really awesome. I never learned how to do that, and I don't understand how you can get the information that fast. Well, it's What do you skip? How do you know what to skip? I don't skip anything. (laughs) It's, uh, okay, the way... Maybe my brain's just slow. The way I read, no, you you take in all that information auditorily, I just take it in Mm. visually. Like, there's, when I read a book, when I'm looking at, I'll look at both pages at once. Mm. I've read so many books, and there's, I I think my brain at this point looks for patterns. Oh, okay. I don't know. It's hard to describe, but when I'm reading, I am already in the story and sucking it all in. It's a very interesting skill. Well, it's been very useful, especially in school. I I think I get distracted a lot too when I'm trying to read because it takes a lot of focus for me because I'm not a speed reader. When I was, I have to really focus on the words on the page, and then my brain will go off thinking about the thing that I'm reading, and then I'll go on, I'll branch off, and then I'm not reading anymore. Like my eyes are following the words, and then but the information is not hitting it. You get bored. Yeah, so my thoughts will go off on a completely different plane than the words coming in. It's when I was little, I used to read, draw, and watch TV at the same time. Like Uh, sometimes it's just, but now I'm old, so I can just handle (laughs) reading one at a time. Well. Oh, a lot of times I have music on when I'm reading because yeah. it seems like it helps. And, and the TV is <clears> usually <throat> on somewhere with most people, you know, because I'll just sit and read. I don't know. I like yeah. reading. It makes, I like to go somewhere else. Well, Celine's always wondering why I don't read. And it's like, I just, it's too slow to me. The information doesn't hit my brain fast enough. So when people are, usually when I'm listening to someone talk or watching a video, uh, it's for some reason the information process is faster to me, and, and I don't funny? get as distracted. Is easily. people talking actually is too slow for me? Really? I read faster than people talk. Well, that's interesting. Like audiobooks yeah. are torturous to me. Oh God! I could read it. I can read a book. I can imagine though if you if you read very fast, then yeah, an audio. I can read book would two be books torturous. in the time. I could listen yeah. to one audiobook, and that's why with podcasts too. I'll try to do them while I'm doing tasks because I can't just stop and do two-hour uh, podcast. I need to be raking the yard or baking or something. Right. Which well, you do the same thing. I do that. I listen When I listen to my podcast, it's usually while I'm doing something. And so... Yeah, because you're taking that unless in. Unless I need full attention to the thing I'm doing. Which well... Nowadays, a lot of it I need because I have to hear what I'm doing, what I'm fucking doing. But um, it used to be like while I was at work. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, sit, I'm stuck there t- eight to ten hours a day. And I know the jobs, it's muscle memory. So I just threw in podcasts. You're talking about repetitive on, ones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nowadays, it's a little harder. I don't have as much time of idle like work. You also have a baby running around, a little terrorist. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, you can't be in uh, something to, so I have to put deeply. a little bit more like focus in, in, my, in my cognition. Because my kids are older <laughs> now, I'm able to get back into that deep work, as yeah. Cal Newton calls well, you it. You need a good pair of headphones then, so you can actually have a podcast in, in the background. Yeah, well, I do. I put my uh, my super fancy from China, probably rose gold Amazon headphones, oh, yeah, and I go nice. out there and they laugh at me in my John Deere hat, and I rake because <laughs> I, I have about three acres of yard that's got to be raked right now of pine cones because we keep having windstorms in this winter, and it takes me about fourteen solid days of if I worked every day to get that all raked yeah. and burned. So I just I'm going to listen to a lot of podcasts during that time. Usually, that's I listen my to music. favorite. Uh, that's my favorite thing to do while working because it distracts me from the pain of doing the physical work. I don't even notice it because it's rote work, like raking yeah. a yard. It's, it's one of those things. I have to do that by. I started that yesterday. Woo. Yeah, well, if, I you hate, get, if you get bored. Having a lawn sucks. Oh, I I'm let all lie. this die. I've been thinking about doing gravel over the whole fucking yard because I'm done. I love gravel. I'm done taking care of grass. Love it. Then again, I also have the philosophy of like, 
I'll mow the I'll mow the grass for a couple months and go. You know what? Fuck it. <laughs> well, we this in, isn't natural. Like this is let my yard be a field. Fire. Well, have you seen my big, huge, <laughs> massive front yard out here? I let it actually go with the season, so it's green and pretty until about June. It is, and yeah. then it turns into a, like a forest floor where it's dry and crusty. <laughs> I do keep a green yeah. belt around my house because we live in forest fireland. Yeah. But um, I'm turning my front yard into a graveled herb garden. Oh, hell yeah. That's I just have to... You know what? Having enough time to do all your things. It's true. You either have to have capital to pay other people to do There's it for you. There's just not enough fucking hours in the day. No. It really isn't. And How can we... Can we like... Uh, you tell people Let's no. figure this out. Okay. No, let's figure this out. Okay, How in the world do we lobby for more hours in the day? Not <laughs> possible. Stupid. Or do we change the no, whole... No, it's not possible. Do we not follow the, the sun cycle on our planet and just say, no, this is a... No, it wouldn't work. Well, because there's just a lot of things you can't do at night, necessarily, even with all the lights Yeah, and yard work. It's... And your brain's just wired to get tired at well, night. Well, you have your circadian like, rhythm. Like, exactly. you have to go out at nighttime. You have to rest. Yeah. A even lot of if... people are night owls, though, nowadays, because we ever live in a 24-hour world. Yep. I think people also had the same problem that we have is like there's just not enough hours in the day and they've for extended. like capitalism to to function correctly. We've also disrupted our rhythm with artificial light. Oh yeah. Well, luckily now phones most of if you have a smartphone in your pocket and it's not from 2004, um, <laughs> it's, it's gonna got it's going to have a night mode where it limits the amount of blue light coming out of it because these people figured out like this is keeping people up so we want to give them an option to dim down the blue light. It is what it is. It's, it's, I, my it's, phone automatically hits night mode does at, too. at 9 p.m. So, Well, and I'm usually, I don't know, I, yeah. But it doesn't stop me from staying up all night watching YouTube either. So Really? Yeah. I don't do it that It helps anymore. me to doze off during the YouTube easier. <laughs> so I get some sleep. But like last night, I was I was very tired. I was dozing off on the couch, you know, watching TV with Celine. It's our relaxed time. And uh, I was really tired. But then when it came time to go to bed... You woke up. I still can't just turn my brain off to go to bed. I mm -hmm. have to just doze off naturally oh. while doing, while engaged in something nowadays. It's just the way I've kind of created my own. You have own. parent brain now. Yeah, exactly. So I always, I always turn on YouTube a little bit to go to sleep. And I know, I know very well I'm going to doze off and fall asleep doing it. Okay. So it's just one of those things. I'm not intending to stay up all night. Sometimes my brain just never shuts off and I do stay up all night. But uh, I've been working on that. But like last night, I turned on a video about it was uh, one of the MythBusters talking about one of the episodes with the lead balloon. Ah. Put me right out. That was nine. And I cared about the information too. I wanted to. I wanted to hear what he had to say, but it just put me right out. If I nice. want to go to sleep, this is really super old ladyish. But if I want to go to sleep, I've never do have trouble going to sleep. But say that I want to. Yeah. Just put on Miss Marple. Or Hercule Poirot. Some sort of British TV. I don't know if it's a comfort thing, because I actually have seen all of that stuff so many times that That's it's like it a yeah. comfort thing. I don't know. But I don't it have trouble be. going to sleep. So I really do feel... I have I friends that have insomnia. I, have I wouldn't say I, I have feel, insomnia, but I don't... My brain just doesn't shut off sometimes. I feel so... Well, mine, at the end of the day now, because of the amount of things I'm doing, I'm <laughs> done. Like, it, Yeah, it used to be easier for me. I think... I'm not doing as much physical work as I used to either. I like, think that... It is, there's a degree of it when taking care of children, but not nearly as much as when I worked at the feed mill or the water delivery. They're at that age where you're kind of in the house with them, though. You have to be contained. We had yeah. that with the littles when we had the two toddlers. We did mm. farm work, though. So by 8.30, my kids were done. Because they'd been out shovel, you know, doing whatever little kids do while you're doing farm work. Don't worry, I oh, yeah. watched my kids. They've made it to 14 and almost 16, but... Like, yesterday was one of the easiest I fell asleep in a while. Because, yeah. I, like I said, I was out doing a little bit of yard work yesterday for the first time in months. Because now the yard is dry. Like, I can't rake my yard when it's mud no, season because no. I'll just pull up all the grass. And you squish in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's... So, it was finally dry enough. I was like, I saw other people while I was out on a walk 
uh, was doing it. And I was rake. like, hey, that's a good idea. When I get home, I'm going to go pull the rake out. And it lasted all of about 15 minutes before my son wanted to go run into the road because we don't have a fence. Yeah, that so sounds then like I had squish. to stop. And then and then my father-in-law showed up. Got to make him a dog run. Yeah, so I got a little <laughs> bit done, but it was still more work, more physical work than I've exerted. Oh, father-in-laws and dads. Yeah. They know how to show up. When you're trying to work on exactly. something. Exactly. And they, then they want to talk gonna... for an hour and a half. Yeah, and because... Which is not a problem. I'm not saying anything bad, but... No, I love it. But It was I'm... mostly Squish's fault, though. We're going to blame Squish. <laughs> he likes to run out in the road. I don't have a fence. I need to put a fence up this year or something. Or some sort of barrier. Yeah. You get him a shock collar and one of those fenceless <laughs> yard things. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> like... nice, right? He's like... It's weird. A lot of kids, a lot of one-year-olds I see around, they just don't want to leave their parents' side. Not squish. But we give him so much independence at home in the house that he, when we're outside, he also has that idea that I'm just going to go anywhere I want. So yeah. he'll just run out in the road. I have to always be by him now. I have to follow him around the yard to make sure if he does go in the road, I'm you know going to stop him if there's a car coming or something. Yeah. Well, and you're Eventually kind of right learn. there on the road, too. Which yeah, is, exactly. What do I happen if we turned him loose here he'd probably get in the horse pin god knows where he he'd would be go. in the fire pit my worry is would he come back i don't know well how far would he actually my traverse? perimeter's fenced so it'd be 20 acres yeah. but there's some places that aren't good for little kids i'd have to like hunt the... him down from 20 acres man yeah, and there's a lot <laughs> of because he i don't know if he would come back i really don't well, he's, he's Unless a, he got hungry, a, then he'll try runner, to find huh? his way back to the food you got a runner he's a runner you he's just a, runner. a free spirit man i swear your kid is cool. He, I like Squish. He just he appreciates liberty as I do. I like how he's already plotting on you when you come in the door. Like I had oh, that man. one drink and he was like, I'm gonna get that. And I'm like <laughs> and he he's a come, smart little he kid. He didn't come man. right out and like want like but I you know, I know him now and so he did all these tactics to try to get oh, to the yeah. drink and I'm like you the kid's crafty, man. He, he gets is what crafty. he wants. Um and he uh it's funny, Celine walked in the door the other day. Mm-hmm. He... We have these like uh, little fake swords for we, um, you know, my wife's really into cosplay, and so we have all these like little fake swords and stuff. There's around. a lot of costumery. Yeah, it's yes. kind of it's nice. It's I love excellent. it. I can't wait for um, convention season again this year. Yeah, the uh, Rona would uh, go. Thank away. God, because we didn't get it all last year because the Rona. But anyway, I digress. I digress. Um, we had these little fake swords laying around. He used to play with them a lot, but he hasn't touched them in a while. Celine comes in the door. Soon as she comes in the door, he grabs one of the swords and starts poking her with it. <laughs> it's the, one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen. <laughs> and he has this cute little smile. That little kid yeah. is excellent. Well, and see, you had the baby. I uh, got home Friday night from your guys' house, and I have five teenage boys oh, playing God. Axis and Allies. Yeah. The amount of food that those children eat That's insane. is just banana. Well, and then there's, and what's cool is it's kind of like I was to- joking about it with my husband. For, they were listening to 1960s music on Spotify, okay, because one of them has a Spotify premiere album That's music. That's interesting. And they were playing Axis and Allies, and I'm like, I feel like we're in a scene from about 1972. <laughs> because I feel like there are family members I have that did the same exact thing. Because Axis and Allies, guys, they played for eight hours without stopping. Oh like, this game is... And you'll hear once in a while, oh, you idiot, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> or I'm playing America this time because you have the world's finest Navy and you're such a moron. You know how teenage boys talk. Oh, right? yeah. So I have all that, and then my poor daughter is just outnumbered. You know, it's just... But this last night, they ate so much cinnamon rolls and drumstick ice cream cones that some of them puked. I suppose that... I don't know. I don't police teenagers. I figure they gotta figure it out. better they do when they're young. Yeah, they gotta figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Well, teenagers aren't exactly fuel efficient either. Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) 
My favorite thing is... They'll burn those calories as soon as they take them in. Oh, yeah. And and they don't eat like that every day. It's just on the weekends they get to have fun. Because our kids are... I'm not judging them. Well, like Friday night they go to... Sugar binge every once in a while. They run an entire gun range shooting program with their dad for teenagers on Friday. You know, it's very atypical. And then I just let them do whatever they want to do on the weekend. They're in school all week. All people... I hate it when grown-ups are so militant with their teenagers and then the same grown-ups will go have their quiet time and read or go watch a TV show and it's right. like do you think maybe after they've been in school a week they'd like to idle down a little bit too yeah and I, I never or did go understand. out and like do something that isn't school I mean my husband also gets super excited to give him a bad time of course it brings him joy that's the job of a dad that's our one thing we get to have <laughs> this morning I'm like hey you want to get the kids up and tell because I let him sleep in this morning I try to be quiet I had to bake pies all morning but um I said well they might need to get up now. It's about nine. Mm-hmm. Oh man, old man was out of bed and just so yeah. gleeful. It's funny. I walked in. It's only nine thirty or so. Mm-hmm. When I got here, to, no. What time did I get here? It's about nine thirty, was it? Yeah. Is your, your clock on the computer hasn't set to daylight savings, has it? Oh well, no, it because it's eleven now. Where's my phone. Anyway, uh, so I got here. It was like nine thirty, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> Tom had to point out that there were sleeping teenagers everywhere. And they were all just getting up, but they were all groggy. And oh, just, yeah. Because they ate funny. so much cinnamon Except rolls. the one who ate the apple and spinach. Well, yeah. There What's is, his name? His name's Matthew. Yeah, Matthew. He's he was, on a special diet because of some reasons. But anyways, well, he has... a better diet than eating cinnamon he has rolls all, all He had his own box food, which, hey, I will point out now, if you have a special diet and you go somewhere, bringing your food with you is super cool because then you don't inconvenience everybody else with your requirements, but yet yeah. you can still join in the fun. But no, everybody's an ableist. I just think Remember? he's amazing. And oh, that's right. No, you have that's to. awesome of him to do that. I'm just joking. Well, no, I forgot. <laughs> I, well, I told him. And then yesterday, like I said, I didn't get out of bed all day because of illness. So um, I just told him all, you're on your own. Because <laughs> usually. <laughs> so who knows what actually occurred out Nobody there. Nobody knows. Nobody will ever Apparently, know. Apparently there was a karaoke thing at about 11. Huh. And I came out this morning and my How curtain was ripped off the wall. I don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I walk in like there's a curtain hanging off the wall, a bunch of teenagers in blankets, just done. Uh, and it was like, well, was did like, a well, rave that, happen? There was an interesting night here tonight. <laughs> Apparently, they sang "Sweet Caroline." I should have heard that. I heard nothing. You must have just been out cold. I was. Yeah. I was. I was a mess yesterday. Yeah. But today's better because it's pie day. It is pie day. Yeah. Not that Katie's probably gonna eat any pie. I'm gonna try. But uh, yeah, I haven't no. eaten any food yet today. Maybe Plus I'll it's get podcast it. day, so our brains are firing. At, 20, 20 million percent capacity. I have had my coffee. Yeah. Well, and I like that we have talked about, so we've talked about pie. We've no, talked about philosophy. We've yeah. talked about parenting. Where are we going to go next? Umbrella Academy? Yeah, I wanted to talk mostly about TV today. So Let's you guys, it. if you can't tell, I just don't want to talk about politics right now. So I've been escaping a lot the last week because I can't do it anymore for a while. Uh, I'm going to take a break. Escapism occasionally a is good. For me. Yeah. Especially so I, Brady, I, he is in it to win it all the time. I, I, there, I hit this point where I snapped with Joe Biden. And so I just was done. Did Uncle Joe look at you? It's just just some of the stuff he does and says. And it's not just him. It's all of Congress and all of our government. And I I just reached this point. I'm just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm unplugging for a while. I can't fucking do this anymore. It's driving me insane. Take a break. There's no logic anymore in anything anybody does. So I just was like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. He watched a show. I told him to. I've been paying for Netflix for. Well, okay, so by proxy, but I, what I should say is because I'm a stay-at-home dad, my wife's been paying for our Netflix for months and months and months, and I barely touch it. It's okay. just there in case I want to watch something that's on Netflix. So I was like, I'm going to fucking turn on Netflix, see what's going on. I haven't been on in a while. I don't know if there's any new shows or what's going on. 
Okay. And so I watched, what did I watch? I finished Community. You did, which is an amazing show. And so I was like, well, I got to find something to fill that void because I loved that show. And then Katie's like, hey, hey. I've, been, I've been bugging him for a while, guys. I'm what like, did I watch? Oh, then I found that Sick Note show. Yeah, and you liked and that. And I really liked that. It's It was a really good show. It has Nick Frost and the guy who played, uh, I can never remember his name, the guy who played Ron on Harry Rupert Potter. Rupert Grint. Rupert Grint. Very good show. And then it... it Two seasons, and it's. I think it's canceled, and I'm bummed because they left on a good cliffhanger. It was a really good show to me. How rude. And I think it's canceled, but I'm not entirely sure. You never know in the time of Rona. But it's been years now since they've made this season, so I was like, what am I going to do? I really wanted to finish that show. I'm bummed now. So I remembered Katie talked about how good Umbrella Academy is. And I remember trying to watch it when it first came out, and it was, for whatever reason, at the time, I just wasn't ready for it or something. You need to wait till there's two well, seasons. Again, in my need for escapism, to get away from everything else and my deep thoughts and, and politics and the kids, the, the everything that brings into my life, the the busyness, I decided I have some hours to devote to jumping into Umbrella Academy. And little did I know that I was going to become <laughs> completely obsessed with it. I loved... Brady got me through being ill yesterday by messaging me, oh my god, Pogo, oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, it was I, like, I'm going to try my best not to give any spoilers out for this show if you haven't no. seen it, but Umbrella Academy is probably my favorite show that I've ever seen in my life. I it love used it. to be Breaking Bad, and now it's it's absolutely Umbrella Academy. Because it's a marvelous show, and it, it doesn't take show. itself too seriously, yeah. but yet it has some really serious things in it. You yeah. know, you have emotional trauma, you've got time travel. Time travel alone. You've is got horrible. all of these weird superhero constructs, but fallible human people. It's oh, yeah. wonderful. It's an absolutely human show about extraordinary humans. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and there's so much comedy to it, too. Like, there, there's these... this. I, I, slight spoiler, but not really. There's a scene where it's it's a very serious scene where they're going to see their father and they haven't seen him in a while. And um, they're like in this elevator about to go see him. Oh, and Luther. it's very serious and there's an emotional tone to it. It's very heavy. And then they hit you with comedy gold and one of the one of the characters farts. And it's not an audible fart. It's just the you just see everybody's reaction. And he's like, sorry, I'm nervous. <laughs> Very nervous. And it's but what it was, takes them. It, it was the perfect blend of and comedy the music, and, and heavy the emotions. They play the most glorious oh, music at the most weird times. And I, I think that's yeah. what's... The show is like no other show. It's like no other show. And I think sure. that... Very but yet, unique. It's very human. It's a humanist sure. show. Oh, about, there were so many moments. Uh, so many feels. So many emotions. Feels, yeah. It's a roller coaster. I've never had it. a lot of shows say that it's a roller. This one's truly a roller coaster of emotion because they'll bring you up and down and up and down and make you laugh, make you cry. It's everything. Everything a show should ever be. The writing is glorious and it doesn't it's, take itself too seriously. A lot of superhero shows, they're so like, I call it the Batman effect. Like yeah. you're so into that raw emotion and then it's too heavy. Especially he Batman. Batman's one of those ones where it's just too, too deep. Like it's like the Dark Knight series. Oh man, that's too. I love it. It's great, but it's too dark the whole time. There's no, almost no comedy to it. And a couple no, times the Joker, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of whimsy, but for the most part, it's just dark. And no human goes lives in that state that constantly. Yeah, like that's the part I love to explore dark emotions. But let's let's be honest, most of us will crack a smile at some point during the day. You cannot stay in that valley all the no. time, and that that show does. And that's, or like a lot of the Marvel ones, we've got special effects, and I love Marvel yeah. stuff. But it Umbrella Academy takes it to the next level. Where Absolutely, it, it molds in more humanity. 
And I enjoy it. Plus, it's quirky, and I just like quirky things. It's, it's very quirky. It's very quirky. And it's so many things unexpectedly happen. There's a lot of tropes, obviously. Oh, superhero yeah. and time travel and all this. A lot of tropes. But they play with those tropes in a way where you don't expect something. If it had been too serious, it would have been a very yeah. cheesy show. But there's a couple very predictable arcs because oh, yeah. that's just how it goes. Especially the beginning of the show. Just much like any beginning of the show. Um, the way that it's setting it up, there's things you can predict immediately. Yeah, there are predicators. That's just how it goes. Or there's, there's very... Just like with the start of any show, there's a few little lazy things that the writers have to do, unfortunately, to make it work. That is what it is. That's any show is going to have that. I so. think you should That's give every critique. show that you watch at least three or four episodes to hit its stride. Community is one of to, those yeah. because you've got to get to know, give them a chance to get their hit their stride, and you also have to get to know the characters. Yeah, because just think of it, it's people work. that are it's your friends, <laughs> you were not friends immediately. You had to get to know each other, and I feel like a good show is that way too. Yeah, Community did that well. Yes, it was very it was very slow to start to build up the characters. Yes, but they had to present them that way, and they they take again. There's some laziness to the making the character because they're, they're dealing with archetypes at first usually especially in a pilot have you thought about archetypes I, okay I not to digress too time. much but i think no, okay. i think about this a lot like you know we have hero's journey we have the classic human narrative how we respond to it emotionally is there ever going to be a new type of storytelling i don't think so i've actually listened to uh a lot of people talk about this where there's basically seven stories that can ever be told yes there's a form only seven formats for a story to actually be a story and be cohesive and have a narrative woven in and all this other stuff. Um, so I, I don't know if that actually is true or not, but if you think about it, really, all we really have is about seven or eight stories. That's true, so right? If you think about it. Break, break all of the TV and all of the movies and all of the books down and... There's only so many ways to tell a story for it to be a story. Like, well, it has to have a beginning and a middle. Otherwise, it's just rambling, which I, is what we do. <laughs> I, I, that's well, but we do have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Kind of. I think we might have. We a talked about. I'm sure we're going to tie everything at the end of the episode back to pie somehow. You and I are storytellers in a way. Well, I, okay. I wrote a story this last week. I'm, I belong to a literary group that writes short fiction. Okay. Short fiction is one of the hardest things to do because you do have to have a beginning, beginning, beginning middle, and end. end. You have to yeah. have conflict. You have to have yeah. a narrative. And I've been thinking a lot about how would I get a human to enjoy my story if it didn't follow that pattern? Because we're exactly. pattern-based species. Is there a new pattern that we haven't discovered yet? Are we capable of having an emotional response to it? I've been thinking about this a lot. That's a good question. And I'm, I'm sure that people who actually make stories for years and years and years have thought about this too. And I don't know if there is a way to do it. Well, yeah, because my story that I wrote, you know, is one, you have to... A true story makes you feel... You know, you have your narrative, which is your plot, but then you also have to have all of these elements that combine to make your reader or your viewer feel things. Yeah. If you don't feel anything, the story is not going to elicit any sort of positive or negative or it doesn't have to be a good reaction. Just an emotional response at all. And so you have all these like variable. I think it's just a math problem. It probably is. Because isn't everything though? Like when you have a like, let's let's go back to let's just go to science for a minute. Okay. If you're coming up with a theory of everything, it somehow all boils down to mathematical equations. Which is just pattern recognition. Pattern recognition. So realistically, everything's math. Because I, you know... Probab the, it's everything's probability, really. They were talking about, oh, this is, you're such a good writer, blah, blah, blah. I have not been to college to write. I, I did go to college. I can, I have a degree in Sunday school teaching, guys. I, I've never used that. But 
Um, <laughs> That's very interesting, though. It's a cool degree, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I am. <laughs> but what I mean by that is I have I, I read... I swear you were just destined to be a podcast host. I think it must be. <laughs> the library... Well, my problem... The thing I was pointing out is um, I have read probably more books than the average human. Oh, yeah. I easily... And probably in one year, I've read more. because you, you and Celine both, man. Celine is also that way. There's just some of us that read a lot of books. And what I mean by that is... I just have an understanding of story from immersing myself in that, but not everybody does. And so I see that now I'm getting a little more critical. It's interesting. It's not that I'm critical because I think anybody that puts themselves out there to do art should be congratulated, right? Absolutely. But not everybody is good at narrative. And Umbrella Academy, the people that wrote that were very good at narrative. They're, oh, it's genius. Yes. The like, narrative was perfect. And you me. can get good at narrative opinion. by practicing. I just think some people, it's inborn in that pattern recognition. They recognize what humans need to, because you want yeah. to just torment your, your protagonist. You need an antagonist that's yeah. not wooden. The torment helps sometimes, though. It's very, it can be used very well. And the Umbrella Academy uses it very well. Oh, everybody. They torment you all the you time. But they'll release it. Extra, and, they don't torture you forever. They release it. Almost immediately, but it, it but the way it works like that is perfect. Like I said, there's some, it, you get really heavy emotional like response to what's going on, and then they'll hit you with some comedy to release that so that you're ready for the next big one. Or they just throw it's in a, a dose of whimsy to just distract your brain from what you're feeling. Like yeah, it's almost like take if I could, I've never did it's this. Relief. But it's like taking drugs in a way. It's kind of like, is yeah. There, it's I, great. It's a very interesting it's, thing to put yourself through. It's too hard to even describe. Um, realistically, I don't want to spoil because it because we're anybody. not a, we're not necessarily a movie review podcast. No, so I I'm not going to get too heavy into it. But I just I encourage everybody to go watch Umbrella Academy. I don't, I don't care who you are or what kind of stories you're into. This is a story for everybody. It's a Any, universal. Everybody can relate to the story. It can can have an emotional response to the story in some way or another. It's very very well made. I'm going to say it's second place as far as objectively. What's the greatest of all time show? Well, you thought, you know, you're and I'm not an expert by any means, but just I'm, let's. I try to look at it as objectively as possible. This is second place best show ever. First place has to go to Breaking Bad, in my opinion, which I still haven't watched. Because narrative me on that journey in every aspect of making a show, Breaking Bad just raised the bar for ev- for everything for film, for like cinematography, for narrative, for meta stuff, meta for comedy, stuff. little comedy moments that they throw in because all of the main characters. Are have a comedic background in acting, and um, except I think except for one, which was Aaron Paul, the one of the characters. I don't even know. He he was kind of new to the scene, realistically. But he was awesome. He'd done like an action movie or something, or I don't know what he did before that necessarily. But anyway, like I said, objectively, Breaking Bad, greatest of all time show ever made. Genius writers, genius filmmaking, genius everything. Perfect show, and it didn't outlive its stay or didn't uh, you know what i mean you have to end things. it ended it and you don't want it to end that's the thing with that show you really fucking don't want it to end but that's the perfect and reason. it has to but so so you get that pain it gives you a, it gives you so much pain when it ends it's kind of like same you with don't, umbrella Academy. you don't want to do an ncis sort of thing where it just keeps going on and on and on yeah. all things end yeah and i think that's one we don't want it to end but they also again since it's the greatest of all time it ended with ambiguity so mm. that you, in your in your heart, these characters can live on, and you, you kind of have a uh, uh, a notion of like there, this universe exists still in this in the realm of fiction. Yes, well, let's talk but it's, about but it's plot, done. The story itself resolution. is told, and it's done. All stories have a beginning and a middle and an end. I love it when they resolve the story, but I don't need to know every single little bit of minutia. That's what I have a brain for. Yep. And that's what I like about Umbrella Academy. I have a lot of unanswered questions, but then I can go think about them, but they still resolve the plot arc. Yeah. 
which I find fascinating. But there's enough ambiguity to where it's, it's like, what's this? What's going on here? Yeah. And and I think it's you a, need it's to leave a, a little mystery. It's an extremely necessary element to any good story. And what makes you want more? Too? Yeah. So that that ambiguity is like you get to use your imagination to fill in holes. And again, that's what makes the universe a living thing in these stories that are so great. Well, is that ambiguity that what yes, you get to, to impute? It. And there's this trope right now in creative space where it lets milk it for all we've got, right? Mm-hmm. I, I hate that so much. I, obviously, I don't want something good to end, but it needs to end. Things need to end. Things need to end. And then you can make new things. Yeah. You can build upon well, that canon. You it's know. The, it, I think it's the principle of scarcity because if something just went on forever... Then what is, what is the value in it? Exactly. Plus choice. We have an overwhelming option of choice and we're more bored than ever before. Think about that. Because the options of choice is that law of diminishing returns. They're just trying to overwhelm you with choice to get market share. Mm-hmm. But the lack of creativity, it's just everybody's remaking things or just copying or deriving things out of things that already exist. Yeah. And where's the originality? Is there any? But that's the thing with only a certain amount of formats of stories. At one point, you're going to run out of your own original works. Critical mass. Yeah. But there'll always be new stories as far as the format may stay the same, but creativity Mm. is still there. Well, but just like Umbrella Academy. Again, my my favorite show. No, it's okay. However, it it is still it it. is based on a comic that's already been written. So at one point, it was an original. But now presented in, as, as TV, it's not. It's, it's still not an original story. But it became original because I can guarantee yeah. you. Oh, it's the not sto- the same as the comic by any means. Well, and also the comic was derived from other tropes. I'm humans sure it was. Build yeah. on other humans' work. Exactly. And it's always something a little well, different. Well, what is a, what is a story down to its very elements is just like a representation of what's going on in the world. It's the so creator's it's a, perception. Is it really original anyway? Well, yeah, it's the creator's <sighs> perception of some sort of beginning and middle of end based on their um, experiences. Yeah. And we don't all have, that is the most glorious thing about humanity. Me and Brady could be riding in a car and we would have two completely different stories to tell. Absolutely. And I think that's, but yet we would be able to have something in common in each of those stories if we experienced an event, but our perception of it would be completely different based upon the experiences in our life. Right, right. And I wish that people would have more grace about that because I love hearing everybody's stories. They're all, they all very, like some guy will notice a cat off in the corner wearing some socks, whereas <laughs> the vast majority, those are the people that interest me. It's like, you could be in the middle of a tornado and he's like, oh, Whiskers over there. Whiskers had some pajamas on. Like, why did he notice that? Yeah, right. I find that fascinating as someone that likes to write stories. And so I'll weave a lot of that into my stories, which then people get real tickled about. I don't know. And like you, you'll, you'll find the most cool things that you get excited about that I've never even noticed. <laughs> I wish people would get more, it. you know, how I was talking before we started this, that I want something good to happen this week. Yeah. I want everybody to go into this week and think such good thoughts, like Peter yeah. Pan style, that something cool manifests because I am tired of all the negativity. Yeah. I know that's a theme in the podcast, but really our lives Every- are just. Everybody go watch Umbrella Academy and think positively. Yeah, and there's a lot of negative in that show. Because I'm in such a better mood today than I was uh, like three weeks ago when I was deep oh, into you the were... politics and shit. And it was just doom and gloom and negativity and sadness. You also and lived harshness. in that Wall Street Bets yeah. roller coaster and oh, you that crashed into one. politics that was land. A fun one. Your month has been interesting. Yeah, it's been a very interesting February month. February was an interesting for month for BK. Not just me. I, uh, had I think a... the world's had a very interesting two years. I made a fatal error of, okay, Stoic Gods, I have studied a lot and I'm ready for your next lesson. I probably shouldn't have said or thought that. I don't even think I said it out loud. Hmm. This week I got fish slapped by reality. Yeah, let's hear about your week a little bit because you've had a very (laughs) rough week. (laughs) Well, what was rough about it is I'm trying to make myself more Stoic about 
um, I'm really good at counseling people. I have done it my entire life. Yeah. And um, people see my face, and I don't know what about it says, lay all your problems at my feet. And I like that because I think it's because I care. But my truck's my truck's axle broke. Like the bearings went out, CB joint failed on Saturday. From that point on, I had friends in crisis. Two nights in a row, I came home from work and actually counseled a dear friend for six hours on top of doing all my normal work. So the, and then I had another friend almost croak and had to deal two states away, dealt with it. So it just kept going every single day. Yep. This is another thing. And, then you, another and thing. then you came over Thursday to do a podcast with me. And then also counseled. And my father-in-law needed counseling. Which I love him. He's cute. Oh, that's great. But it's not saying anything it, bad. On the inside, what happens though is I feel other people's emotions. Right. Really heavily. And before that would make me ill. But then some other stuff happened to me on top of that Friday and Saturday, as you well know. And it finally culminated me getting sick and blah, 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 blah. So today I'm just like, okay, Katie. I just condensed an entire week of emotional trauma on top of work, on top of being Phil all together. I'm like, but I made it through it. Yeah. And that's the point. And I'm not too internally messed up, like mentally. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe those lessons did come through. But just guys, don't don't throw rocks at the gods, okay? <laughs> like don't say, hey, I, I think I'm ready for the next challenge because, boy, they... Be careful what you wish for. Well, and it wasn't that I was wishing for it. I, no, but yeah, still, you know what I mean. Oh, man. Like, be careful what you manifest. In this world, I would I really like a week of just raking my yard and <laughs> listening to podcasts. Um, I, you're going to get that week, I'm I sure. I hope so. Cause the yard needs to be raked. I, it right? does. I have to do the same thing. On Monday, uh, Tuesday, I'm going to start my raking regimen. And well, I got to run the I don't the know how I'm going to contain the boy yet. I'm going to figure this out. You know what? I have a lead rope. You could tie it to your. You could just hook it on his yeah. pants and tie it to your belt buckle, and then I'll, you'll be I'll right there. I'll probably do most of it while he's sleeping, and that way, when he's outside, I can just hang out with him. I used to go out during nap time and rake the yard when yeah. the kids were that age, because I had it. It'd be different if I was out here, like on a farm, but the roads, man, and you, people yeah. drive really stupidly down our road. They really do. It's retarded. Um, but it is what it is. I think I'll probably rake on St. Patrick's Day. That's Wednesday, right? Yeah. It's supposed to be pretty nice that day. Oh. I'll probably should feel be nice all week, hopefully. I would I'm sure do we're it. Get a little rain. It is spring. I got to run the library the next two days, so oh, yeah, that's right. I, well, I won't be doing any raking on okay. on those days. Yeah, I love Sundays because it's just like <sighs> you can take a breath. Just go, just do the podcast, and then tonight we have dinner with uh, with the father in law, and it's starting a new week. Yeah, I get to go to Pi Day with my friends. When the week friends. starts, for I think a lot of us can relate. When the week starts, oh boy, does it start, and then it just goes. Yeah, last week was a butt kicker for me. Yeah. I, I'm And you had the week before was for you. What is it really bringing humanity to be this busy all the time? I don't like, know. Why does, does it have to be like this? I get exhausted to think about all the little ways that the world works. I desire to be less to be busy. Like and the more I desire to be less busy, it the seems like the busy, more busy yeah, manifests. Yeah. And so I'm trying to figure out cognitively how to get around that. I'm trying to be content in the moment no matter what I do. Because I'm like, well, I'm alive yeah. and I'm able to take care of this. And then even when you get a moment, then everybody wants to, the counseling. Funny. Yeah, I got to figure out the counseling thing. Like, because I do want to counsel people. I have to learn to say no. Yeah. But I love people. And you know what? That was my goal in life of kind of figuring out. I am going to be a more of a co counselor coach anyways. I found a way to get trained for that. Yeah. What I need, what I care about is I care about the people in the middle. I talked to you about this. Right. You know, everybody's obsessed with these like massive psychoses, right? That we have all these professionals for. I want... There needs to be somebody for somebody in the middle. You go to the doctor for ear infections, but yet nobody is psychologically coached into adulthood that how to build these techniques to help you get through life. And then everybody's like, oh, everybody's all broken. It's like, yeah, no one helped you. Mm -hmm. No one said, hey. And also, nobody has time to help themselves anymore either. Well. Because that's how 
It's just a it is a, it is a struggle. It's not easy. No, I just found out that there's only 36 mental health counselors just, for the yeah, entire panhandle. There's over a quarter of a million people in our That's rough. How does that meet everybody's well, needs? I think about this all the time and maybe I'm wrong. But maybe our societal, the model of society right now is just incompatible for humanity. I don't think it's We're not evolved. robots. I feel like we've set up humanity for robots. Or not humanity, I'm sorry. We've set up the society model to work for robots who don't need to sleep and who can just be productive 95% of the time. But we can't do that. We're humans. I know, and there's not a lot of... We need rest. We need escape. We need, you know, uh, what is it, repose? You need a bunch of Katie's to talk to when you don't know what... Like, if you need to figure out how to get back in the dating pool. Yeah. If you are, you know... There's all of these different things that are real, tangible things, and no one... Our society is not set up to address them. It's no. like we've evolved beyond it technologically, and we haven't caught up yet cognitively. Not at all. We're 17th century monkeys yeah, we have that living in, in a world of the 21st century. We have this weird industrial model for school that was designed in the 19th century. We haven't adapted that yet, and that's oh. causing no manner of just, or well, all manner of problems. It, again, I don't want to get too political, but it is weird that we set up our model of schooling in America like they did in Soviet Russia in the Stalin days, or even before then. I know, and then because why did, of, we, why did we think that was going to be a good idea? And humans are so horrible about changing their patterns once they get in one. Like mm-hmm. we have this institutional model, we must keep yeah. it, or we don't like the children. It's like, well, no, why can't we just evolve? It? Well, it's funny that episode. I was I started Letter Kenny because Letter Kenny mm-hmm. uh, because I have a huge, massive void to fill because of Umbrella Academy now. Well, you can fill it with dialogue with Letter Kenny. So, yeah, so I, I decided writing. to start Letter Kenny because Katie says it's amazing. I love the writing. And so I wanted to I wanted to get in on the inside jokes between her and Michael. Our friend Michael. We do have a lot. <laughs> so of I was those. like, I gotta figure this to out. To be fair, so I started Letter Kenny, and there's this episode. I'm only on. It was I think it was the second episode. The the super soft birthday party. Love it. And <laughs> the part <laughs> one of the one of the things in it is like we can't deviate from tradition. Yes. And I think it was. I think intentionally that was meta. They're they're poking fun at yeah. it. Yeah. But yet at the same time they're still following it. And yeah. Here, adhering it's like to it. does it? But do, guys, does everything have to follow these? Traditions or these engraved institutions? Does it have to? If be tradition like that is not serving, well, I, okay. Here's a tradition that I yeeted in my life. Um, my son's birthday is really close to Thanksgiving. Yeah. I used to exhaust myself being the only person in my family that has a home. Yeah. Trying to cook all this Thanksgiving dinner, dealing with all the emotional stress. Because come on, every family's dysfunctional. Yeah, oh, come on. Yeah. Um, and so, and then also trying to deal with this birthday party because I two or three days later, sometimes the day after, and finally three or four years ago, I said, "Fuck it." <laughs> and uh, I do fun family feast for Thanksgiving. And I, this is not to say Thanksgiving's wrong. If you like it, cool. But what we do is we go get our favorite foods the day before from all the restaurants because we don't eat very, out very much or prep them, okay? Mm-hmm. On Thanksgiving, we play board games, watch movies, and lay there and eat like pigs. And it's a time to be grateful that we have each other. Oh. Is that not what Thanksgiving's supposed to be about? It is. Why yeah. do I have to adhere to some person's tradition in a 1950s throwback to celebrate gratitude? Why do I have to do that? What does it even... Oh, I have... I. Th- Man, but I, me, me and my wife have bickered about this because okay. I am not the most sentimental person. No. I've learned over what? the years to just let go of stuff. <laughs> I, I just, for whatever reason, I, I don't understand all of these traditions we've been doing for so many years, hundreds of years, and I don't understand them. And what, what does it bring me? What does it bring me but stress to have to deal with Christmas and Thanksgiving and all this stuff? And I, just, I think about this all the time, like... Why are there so many traditional things we do that they don't just aren't even relevant anymore? Or if they're harming you, why keep doing exactly. them? Exactly. Yes. My wife just insists that we have to have Christmas the way Christmas is supposed to be. But maybe to her, she needs it. And that's fine for her. But to me, it's like, I don't understand it. I can never understand it. I'm not that kind of person. 
not sentimental to these traditions. I've always wondered... I, I care about the traditions because of the people that care about them, and I care about the people, but to me, I am also not a sentimental person. Like, when it comes to physical goods, I have no attachment to physical goods. I think that's partially because I moved so much. Yeah. I do not care if my house burned down. I might be sad I lost, like, a picture, but really, I don't care. Because yeah, the either. people matter more than the pictures You're to me. You're never going to take a single thing with you when you die. Also, I've it's, in the, it's in the past. All those things that happened, it's cool to remember them, but... It's still in the past. Like, you're not going to relive that moment. Yeah. So if you're thinking or hung, hung up on, like, I know people that are so hung up on their goods and their memories that they're not living in the time that they're in. Exactly. Um, Wiz, Wiz Khalifa, the hip hop artist. Yeah. He has a song about this. And this is, it's a perfect portrayal of the millennial state of mind, I think. Whereas it's a song about how he's going to, he's making a lot of money, but he's going to spend every single dime of it because why hoard it? Why be a business entrepreneur, like mogul? To hoard all this cash when you're not going to take a diamond when you go. You're not. So spend it on the memories that you get to at least have while you're alive. And lift other spend people out. Yeah. You know, like my children. It's a huge, it's a huge uh, departure from the boomer state of mind, which is we have to build up everything and hold on to it forever. Hoard! Because they have this illusion that they're going to live forever. I think that's part of it is they, because I already am well aware of, you're supposed, the stoic thing is you're supposed to die well. Because you're dying. We are getting closer to that end game every single second we breathe. Uh And so why not do it to the best of your ability? Is it good for people to inherit $100 No. I think the best thing in the whole world. No, it's nice when they do. It is. but And also, (laughs) you made that. So I I, I have no problems as far as people. I would love to leave my children $100 million or whatever. but I'd rather leave my children resilience. Yeah, me too. Yeah, exactly. I want them to be able to tackle anything that comes at them Mm. without getting broken. And I also want them to live their life. Exactly, without any pressure important. from me. But that's, I think it's a very millennial mindset is mostly like experience and memories and these emotions that we feel and all of that is so much more valuable than man, than money. And So why spend all of the time you could be gathering those important things, at least to what we consider important, mm-hmm. um, why spend all the time doing something you hate doing to get all that? Like well, work. And when your kids to, get a little wants older... So many people don't like their job, but they just do it out of necessity. Well, gotta you got to pay your bills and stuff. But at the same time, is it really worth it? And also... Some of the happiest people I've met were homeless. <laughs> I know, because you don't have anything... Well, also, nothing. when your kids get older... I didn't get my children a single Christmas present this year because years ago, we did... They already have everything they need, and if they need something, we get it. Does that make sense? By the time they're older, they can understand this. We got experiences instead. Like, yeah. I took them... They're always going to remember that time that they rode around in a Suburban with their dad driving, like, the Secret Service with our friends. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're going to remember that far more than some trinket. You yeah. need trinkets to live, I understand. But if they're... And some people like goods. But realistically, you cannot take those diamond earrings with you. No. So enjoy them if you have and, them. And then again, at the same time, what are they really for? Adornment? They're for really petty things that don't matter in life anyway. Well, and What are you spending your life with that stuff for? When you could honestly put all the effort and time and stuff into more important things, like actually living. My dad logged for three days and got me a birthstone ring when I was 16 as it was a passage into adulthood sort of like monument. Mm -hmm. And I appreciated the ring because of the work he put in for it, even though I'm not a super... Do you know what I mean? Like, You're not very very materialistic. I understand the transition thing. Well, I just don't care. Yeah, exactly. um, Stuff is just fucking stuff. I'd much rather spend time with my children doing things than having things. Because yeah. things to also to me, I have a problem with. It's something I have to take care of. 
That's true. I would when rather... you have stuff, you have to archive it. Somehow oh, it has to be like, there. I do not want to own exist. a home as an old person. <laughs> I'm practic I'm saving so that I don't have to. Yeah. I, because owning a home. Oh man. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And it really is though. Oh yeah. Is you... it even worth it really? A lot of people are doing the whole bus in the desert on the BLM that land thing. It sounds so relaxing. It's so free. <sighs> There's a liberation to it. Yeah. You still have to take care of the bus because then you're the just scale untied. That's really what it is. You're untied. You're unchained. And that's what we all strive for, is it not? That's what America's founding principles was to be unchained, essentially. I don't want an empire. Right, exactly. Um, my oh, uncle- no, I, I mean, I don't know. I've always dreamed of the Kaylee Empire. Oh, I don't know oh, why. That- it's a dream. Well, okay. But at the same time, I know I don't really want well, to put in all the work. We've talked about, like, from a business standpoint, <laughs> if the empire actually is doing some good, like, yeah. that would be, that's a different thing. I mean, just to own things because I can lord it over other people. That doesn't like make that. any that's sense. That's so to me. gross. That, yeah, that the lording over sense. other people. That's I started this other show because uh, I I couldn't watch Letterkenny in the kitchen while I was cooking, mm-hmm. so I started a show called Shit's Creek on. Oh, uh, on I've Netflix. heard that's pretty funny. <laughs> it's about these fucking super rich, like uh, totally pompous people. They have to move to the hotel, and they're it's a, just comedic gold. So they have to move into this hotel in a small town that he, that the the dad bought as a joke to his son because mm-hmm. uh, they were that frugal, or not frugal. They were that. Um, what is the word? Opposite of frugal. The opposite of frugal. Where you just have money to blow. He had his fuck you yeah. money, basically. Yeah. They're that rich. Disposable Well, they had, a, they had a problem with a guy. They had to manage their finance, and he fucked them over, and the IRS came and took everything. They got burned So now they have to live the poor life. That's <laughs> an awesome show. But it's it's just like a good example of like, they, they were these kind of people that would lord their stuff over everybody. Mm. And they were better than, they're snobby, better than everybody else. I have a feeling the show is going to be about the growth into like being used to Actual being poor mindset. Yeah, exactly. I have a feeling that's what the, the, the arc of the show is going to be. I don't feel poor ever. I don't, I think I don't, as long as you I just feel like I'm alive. Well, that's. I struggle financially, you know, here and there, but it's like. I went through that time. Surviving. It's pretty normal yeah. for most of us in America when we have small children that time, but. Yeah. I've been sort of like where we didn't have a lot of resources at times in my life when I was young. So I feel freaking wealthy now. I mean, I have a 20-acre farm. You own things, yeah. But I also... You own own land. You're living the American life. I also put a lot of work into getting that, and I did it unconventionally. Yeah. Like, I don't don't know. And was it worth it when, honestly, you could be alive in a van driving around doing whatever? If it was just me, I would be alive in a little motorhome somewhere. I'm pretty sure I would be. because. But the children, that was mine and my husband's goal because he grew up inner city. I grew up tossed all over the place. It was very important to us for kids need stability and routine. It's so important. Because developing is already hard enough work, so they need that to develop. And so far, I'm pretty happy with how the children's are turning out. Because honestly, that's another thing, too. I hate adults. And parents especially, they try to control their children. It makes me crazy. Like, there are people at work that their kids are like 16. So, you're what, two years from supposedly becoming an adult, according to society? And your parents are micromanaging your ever move by spying on you through the spy phone? Yeah. It makes me bananas. It's like, how are they ever going to learn to be self-regulating when you have to know every single thing they're doing? That's wrong. You like privacy. I probably bitched about this before, but that... (laughs) It makes okay. me crazy. I believe. It more. Well, we're supposed to be, to be a- autonomous, and to me, ch- parents that are too in their children's business, you're supposed to the care for them. Parents. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I was it's, not like. It is hard to find the balance though, too, because you obviously you have an instinct to protect your children. You do, but Sometimes if they don't learn how to self-regulate, they yeah. are not. They are eventually going to leave. So Selena and I are working very hard to have that balance of. It's we, hard. We want our daughters and our son to be in, as independent as possible. But you also however. Again, like I said, my son wants to just wander out into the road. He doesn't know about fucking cars yet. 
Oh, my kid tried to turn on every vehicle there was when he was your That's son's age. Good so there's a degree. There is a degree of hovering that needs to be done to, for for physical protection. It's having that awareness to <laughs> start to <laughs> turning it off as they age. Yeah, and it's really hard because when they're little, you are there all the time. You have to be. Just yeah. unfortunately, for whatever reason, humans are born into a world where they just don't understand everything, and there is a lot of dangers. I don't know how in the hell we've made it this far. To be honest, with how we're born, it's also our youth take longer to develop into adults than a lot of species. It's true. It's, like weird. A it's puppy, very odd. A puppy four months into her, that thing's pretty functional. A human, you're... Well, I think you can teach a... There's... I think you only need a few years to teach actual survival itself if it came down to it. Yeah. Because it's been proven in, like in the past and there's still tribes out there right now that like... Very young children are surviving. By the time kids are six, seven, and eight, they, they can hack survival it. Survival skills, yeah. Yeah, but they're not grown. But just in our in the society we've built, apparently takes eighteen years. To we've bred helplessness develop the knowledge into and our young people. I get yeah. so mad about it because you know what? When kids are, I, the gap between twelve to whatever they can have their first job, it's like it breeds their drive right out of them. A lot of kids are twelve, thirteen, fourteen. They don't want to sit at home. They exactly. would like to do something. Exactly. And. It's like child labor is wrong, like slave labor, but also they let them do something. Exactly. You know? And that's why I, I, I've kind of set my mind on the, my parenting plan is like, uh, is like, uh, I, I recognize the fact that again, you can teach your, you can teach survival at an early age and they'll be fine for the rest of their life. Yep. It's in, in a purely survival just to stay alive. People are going to eat when they're hungry and drink water when they're thirsty, mostly. Yeah, but uh, you would it... fucking help. Maybe I'm wrong on this because maybe they won't. I don't know. No, they'll drink. <laughs> but in theory, you will drink water when you're thirsty. You will eat when you're hungry, right? So as soon as my kids can reach the things they need to cook a meal, I'm going to te- start teaching them how to cook those meals. So that at some point they're going to be like, I'm just going to cook my meal. Well, and teach I'm them hungry. what's I'm go dangerous and not dangerous. Well, you yeah, know, of and, and then at some point, hopefully they start developing that common sense because... You can hope. I intentionally, because I homeschooled them and stuff, I intentionally did not cook them lunch after they got to the age where they could learn to cook. Because I cooked dinner all the time when they were little. Now, though, guys, I have so much going on. I try to cook dinner most nights during the week because the kids are doing a lot of things. But sometimes I'm just like, go ahead on her. And like my son. Go ahead on her. I like the way you phrase it. (laughs) Well, I want them to feel comfortable in their home. It's like if you clean up your mess, I don't care what you do. Go ahead and try it. You know, hey, mom. And they always come talk to me. They're like, hey, mom. Can I make waffles? I'm like, go ahead on her. Like, go ahead on her. I, yeah, Hutcher. Like, it's loggers to speak, I guess. You know, go ahead. Go How ahead else are they going to learn? And then sometimes they fail, but then they're like, well, I'll just try again. And that's where, as a parent, you've got to, like, sometimes I catch myself wanting to be crabby when I go out in the morning and the kitchen's thrashed. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. The go ahead on her also meant go ahead on her and clean it up, you know? And right. That's where they that, didn't hear that. And that's where you have to take that whole teachable moment yeah. thing. Again, it's a it's a balance. That's why I have a Tom. This whole episode's though. about balance. The Tom loves to make them uncomfortable. <laughs> it's so needs, entertaining, though. Everybody needs from an a outsider. Tom. Like, I'm glad Tom wasn't my dad. Oh, but at the same time, it's probably a good thing he is their dad. He's actually super mellow compared to what he oh, used he, to be. He's a great person. Well, Tom trained Tom thousands to of young children to be soldiers. Yeah. And so he has this perspective. He's actually really good with kids. <laughs> but boy, sometimes he can, he knows how to push their buttons. But then again, you listen to how Tom grew up the other night. He doesn't talk about that very often. We have to let him get his entertainment out we of it. We do, yeah. He, he needs his joy, and his joy <laughs> exactly. is causing discomfort. And like, at the same time, I think it's healthy discomfort, because he's not completely destroying their soul, necessarily. Uh, he's not being abusive. He's tearing them down enough to where they're going to get used to that. So, like, what, if, what happens if Ian goes and gets a job? If Tom had never done that, but the boss is like Tom. 
He's not going to be used to that. It's going to blow his fucking mind and destroy his soul. That is the whole thing. Um, so you gotta, my daughter, you gotta poke at him a little bit. My daughter, um, she was going through like those job interview competitions and stuff like that, and a lot of kids were crying or they were really upset because somebody would be pointed with them. She's like, <laughs> "Dad, <Yeah>. you know." <laughs> yeah. Well, my son has his first job interview. He's fourteen, and it's this um this very Thursday. awesome. By the, that's really cool. You know, he sat and applied. Well, I'm really excited. Milestone, for you know, it's like one of you just like all oh, right, yeah. and then you're also super excited because he picked the most complicated thing to do, and you're like. <laughs> what what did he pick? By the, what is the job, by the way? It's well, I it's not to ask. the world's or the Pacific Northwest's largest theme park is just down the road. From oh, all of it was us. that Silverwood. And so you could pick as a fourteen year old. There's a limited amount of jobs, you know. But he went for retail and games attendant, and I'm like, bro, you are going to be dealing with the public. He's like, pieces of cake, and I'm all, yay! I can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> this is also the person who was literally the maddest he's ever been over the public. <laughs> In his school the other day, right? Yes. Right? So, so this glorious. is going to be glorious. I don't think... But then again, when it comes to money, he is super uh, motivated. Like, I've watched that kid uh, schmooze people to get donations for his, like, shotgun club and stuff. <laughs> He's very... And when I went to his student-teacher conferences the other day, all of his teachers... And this is how my husband is. All the teachers are like, we just love your son. He's so responsible. He listens in class. And Tom's like, okay, are you giving him money tomorrow? Like... <laughs> <we're>, <laughs> <laughs> he said that, and the teachers oh, no. are kind of like, he's like, son, is, is, when's the payoff happening? Is this it tomorrow? <laughs> and I'm just he's, like. Ian's like a grifter now. <laughs> he's grifting his teachers to say good things to his So. Well, that was one of my favorite episodes of Community and the season six. Oh, the grift the, one? The, the, the grifting instructor, and they were trying to grift the grifter. Oh, man. And that was just, fantastic. I love meta stuff like grifting that. Grifting the grifter. Yeah. But Gr- actually, com- fun. community was so meta that it would do talk about the thing, doing the thing, while also talking about the thing. Like it was theta. It was theta. It was theta it was before the we came meta. up with the term. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think Dan Harmon is the master of theta. I master love it. theta. Data, he is genius. <laughs> Dan Harmon's a genius. Yeah. I can't wait for the next thing he does after this whole solar opposites thing. I couldn't get into that show. I don't know what it is about it. it was, Everybody has to have. When maybe you my make- expectations from Rick and Morty were just too high. I think when it comes to artists, you go through phases, yeah. and sometimes I'm you not just shaming have- him for it. No, you just have to have your... It was still entertaining, and it was still a Dan Harmon creation. It was great. But, but it wasn't... To, to me, it just didn't speak to me. I don't know. Do you know, I would like to watch the um, show from Everybody's Life on occasion, because like we're just talking about... It just, let's go meta here. Yeah. You know, we're just talking about all this stuff. I've thought lots of times my family in the logging camp would have been just a magnificent show. But I just think about all the other Probably shows that been. are going on. Well, there's all, you know, all the reality shows? Yeah. Um, they're actually not real, by the no, way. No, they're scripted. Spoiler alert. They're scripted. <laughs> um, Come on, everybody knows it, that it is, it is extremely artificial drama because that's what we want to connect to in a story. We were talking about stories earlier. Yeah, and the narrative. Um, I was just talking about, I think it was with Jacob. We were talking about that uh, that Oak Island show. Okay, okay. Uh, it's, a, it's a show about this. There's, this. there's this mystery, the Oak Island mystery, where they found this... Uh, they think there's treasure buried, and it's just like this really intricate, hit like system of hiding the treasure. We all know there's no fucking treasure. They would have found it by now. But so many, super- so many eccentric rich people have invested in treasure hunters over the years to find that treasure, and to the point where um, when they, they've spent more on making this show than any treasure would have been worth to find. The, if they found the treasure, they've already spent more than the treasure's worth to make the show. However, the, me and Jacob came up with the idea that. Uh, Okay, so sorry, I'm digressing too far and too it's fast. Okay. It's okay, digress. Let me digress go back to my original it. point: is that um, with this with this show, they've forced drama into the show. I don't know what it is about History Channel. They've figured out that they need to do this 
they um with all their reality shows like like Deadliest Catch for example. Ancient aliens. It's a reality show about these fishermen in Alaska catching crabs or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Very lucrative business. They forced so much scripted drama into it. But that's what hooks people on it because they need that story element. Oh, it has yeah, to have the, a narrative to it. it has the to have the drama shows. To, to connect to the people other than just oh we're just watching people at work is that really like deep down we have it like we some of us like voyeur to like to have the bird's eye view and watch the the minutia of life but it's like at the same time they have to put the drama in there to actually make it entertaining to hook us yeah we need to feel other people are more miserable than us other yeah. people are more happy it's a thing and, and uh, oak island fell into that it's a it's technically a reality show you're still watching a show about something that's going on which is them trying to excavate this treasure and it's, it's apparently really difficult but they've imputed a bunch of drama into the show, and it's kind of. I, I know like one like that that I actually can. Alaska bush people. Yeah, exactly. I was an Alaska bush people. We did not live like that. That there was elements of the show that were kind of like how we lived, but we did yeah. not smear dirt on ourselves and run screaming through the woods, kill deer. Yeah. That made me crazy because it gave a caricature of Alaskans that wasn't accurate. Exactly. They, same with uh, Duck Dynasty. Yeah. It's the same thing as like, uh, they. it's nobody, that's not their real life. But they're people just, ate it up scripted. because it was scripted enough that it was weird because not, and that's yeah. kind of now all reality TV is now. They get fringe elements. Because yeah. I do love going around shouting, reptile! Like, <laughs> my, it's my dad's yeah. favorite thing. So it's still a show. It's still a spectacle. It's still a, it, it's, it's Why does a story. It it's a narrative. Though? I don't Why? know. Like, but uh, uh, real oh, quick though, I, do, I need yeah, to I need to digress thing. into the into the Oak Island real quick. Yes, because at this point, even if there's no treasure, they're making bank off mm. of Oak Island. Even they've I think they've figured out that there's no treasure, but they're like, how can we actually get money? They've gained more money from the TV show than yeah, any so. treasure in Oak Island would ever be worth. It's like the, du- so the Lost they Dutchman. Still fig- they figured it out. It's genius. The Lost Dutchman mine. Same yeah. thing in the Superstition oh, Mountains. Yeah, yeah, they've yeah. made more money probably off the sh- like you said. Than any money could ever be there. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, and I think humans have cracked that code. You can make more money on the assumption something's there, some mystery, because people with advertising, which yeah. is why they're constantly trying to ensnare us with advertising. So now. I just, I think they figured it out, and it's genius. So it's formula. It's, genius. it's formulaic. Yeah, but there's no treasure. You there's no fucking so. treasure in Oak Island. They would have found it by now. Is it like the it's wrong- been years? It's been decades, and nobody's been able to find this treasure. Do you think that's why true crime and uh, all these other things are so super popular? Ghost hunting? Exactly. Yeah, what is with all this? The paranormal and stuff that everybody's so obsessed with recently. Is it because we want something more out of life? I think... We want life to be bigger than it is when it's not? I also think that you... We want more if whimsy. you can see a ghost or if you believe in something that nobody else will believe in, you're sort of more special sometimes. That could be it too, yeah. We all want to be special. For all of you that don't know, I don't believe in ghosts. I really don't. There's no logical sense to it. I cannot. De- I have too many questions. I cannot definitively say yeah. that I don't because there's no way to be definitive on it. It's kind of like with I, God. I have to say I'm a bit agnostic too, because look, if it does exist, I'll be open minded to the. But at the same time, but right now, as of, as it stands, how many years have we been alive on this planet as as a species? Mm-hmm. You think if ghosts were real, they would just be every fucking where, and there would be so much more proof. Okay, but maybe our understanding of what a ghost is is not right. Right. That's my thing is it's like based on the availability of the evidence that we have now, I'll reevaluate it later when more evidence it is just, It given. just makes no sense to me. That's all. I have, told many, I have too many questions that nothing can answer. I think that's So the you're problem. just going to file that so into agnostic. that. Different, you're... Same with the existence of a God, if there's a God or a creator. I'm just gonna, I just don't have the proof right now, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to file that in the... Uh, the cold case. Is that it's the a cold t- case? Is that the me. TBD shelf? Yeah, <laughs> to be determined exactly. <laughs> the TBD shelf. And I think we all we all need to practice that a little bit though, like with with everything. It's like with everything, we, we, you got to have a to be determined. We well, need Same more with data. Science. I, I have to admit to with science too. 
Because again, when I'm talking about like, I don't believe in ghosts and I want more proof, there's even with science, it's like, you got to file that on the to be determined shelf because science is fluid too. Well, I think that Knowledge science is, fluid, is, so. is what is based on the available information right now. I believe this, but if you stay fluid yeah. in your belief systems, then you can adapt it when new information, it's when you become exactly. rigid. That but, there's a but problem. people have to also understand that I've never personally had a paranormal experience. So how could I even really believe in it? How can I believe somebody saying they have a paranormal experience? Because you haven't presented me any proof. It's an anecdote. And that's great that you might have had a ghost story, but I think some people do it for attention too. Just like with UFO stories. You think people do? I want to believe in UFOs so bad, but I've never had a UFO experience. We got to take you. I I know there's some anomalies in 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 in, uh, you know the government as far as UFOs and stuff, but those are just stories. They're still just anecdote. I didn't live through the Roswell crash. I wasn't the neighbor of the field it crashed into, so I have no real evidence that anything's going on there so i like to create this conspiracy theory about it because it's fun it's a narrative it's a story we love stories what's cool about your story some though, people tell these stories to be to get attention and they're not real and it never happened you could go through There's your so entire life and be the way you are now or yeah. something randomly weird will happen to you and it'll change your whole perspective but what's cool about you is you're open-minded to that instead of just rigid you know the masturbating yeah which exactly. is my favorite word of all time sorry the same thing with ghosts so it's like i i just i cannot sit here Without a massive grain of salt and believe that a friend of a friend's grandma saw a ghost. I'm sorry. Some people are fascinated by just listening to the stories, though. Yeah. And, that, and I get the story aspect. It's cool. I, I I'll listen to I'll listen to paranormal stories all the time. Why do we Why do we like horror movies? You know what I mean? You get the elements of a story. I'm not and a big like horror stories, movie person. So. Isn't that weird? I'm not at all. I, it's not really my genre. A lot genre. of people enjoy it for that reason, though. They like to get the, they like to get scared. They like. To I get have nervous. had things happen in my life that yeah. are unexplainable based upon my knowledge, yeah. so I can't really. To me, the movie Idiocracy is a horror movie. That's it scares, scare. it scares me that more than far more, scary. more than The Ring or uh, what? What are the new? I don't even know what new horror movies there are because I don't like the genre because it doesn't scare me. I don't get what's intended to get out of it. <laughs> Unfortunately, I am far more terrified by a current presidential speech than I am. Exactly, I get more. I get more suspense wait, waiting to see these evil bills get passed than I do watching. Uh, oh my god, the bills! Watching these They're horror movies. <laughs> We're going to talk about that next week. We're taking a break this yeah. week from yeah. yeah. This, uh, we have to. We have to wrap this I don't up by the go, way because uh, oh yeah, it's eleven forty six. So we got to do post production and an intro. But anyway, but my point is, is like with ghosts and stuff, I just don't. I don't see it myself. I've never experienced it myself, and I can't take anecdote 100% seriously without proof. So, And I think that that's the point of this entire episode, which we but, always end up having a theme, is we're talking about balance. There yeah. needs to be balance in all things. If you are constantly living in ghost story world without coming out into reality world, yeah. if you are being an overbearing parent without realizing that your creature that you have spawned has autonomy to, all of these things, if you're eating too much sugar... Okay, and that is the sole source of your pleasurable existence is that little dopamine drip you get. Mm-hmm. You need to reevaluate all this stuff constantly all the time. That yeah. is what the, we're supposed to die well. And what I mean by that is not be looking forward to death, but when it comes knowing that you've lived every second of your life in a manner that just were not so much worships, but rejoices in the fact that you existed because you are yeah. the only you that's ever going to come through this timeline. Exactly. And again, I think I talked about this before. That's in my opinion, that's what spirituality is, or at least that's its intention to me. That's the mechanics of it is to, it's the, it's just the overwhelming appreciation that you're alive. Navigate with gratitude. And at, and, and at a certain point it becomes irrelevant why we're alive or what, if we were created by a God or if it was random chance, 
I think that we all really just want to appreciate the fact that we are alive, regardless of how and why. If you embody a spirit of gratitude, you're going to enjoy life. So even the bad stuff, because life is not always about happy. Mm -hmm. But if you embody that spirit, you know, if you're constantly having a framework, it's going to be amazing. Duncan Trussell put it perfectly one time, and this is why I love him. This is why I appreciate him. Is uh, He was saying, even all of the negative things are wonderful. Mm. That hardship you're going through, that's wonderful hardship because you exist. You're even, the fact that you're even experiencing that hardship is so powerful. It's it shouldn't even happen. It shouldn't exist. Life shouldn't exist, but it does. But it does, and it's wonderful that it does. C.S. Lewis kind of hit on that, and from a Christian perspective yeah. too, he says even the existence of evil things glorify God because it's created. Whether you believe in God no, or yeah, not, but it's still it's good, the same thing that Duncan's al- talking about. Is even the bad you're still alive and you're still experiencing exactly. It. You know, so it's all that hardship you guys are going through right now. All of the anxiety, all of the sadness, all of the stress and the fear. It's still wonderful that we're even able to experience that, that we're even alive to have that in our life. And so we have to appreciate that too. Take the bad with the good. And if you yeet the absolutes that you've put on yourself, you'll reframe how you look at that anxiety. It's extremely important. Yeah. Yeah. You can't let that anxiety be the absolute. No, there's... You can't wallow in it either. And if you, you can, are, in you that experience cycle. it and use it again. I I consider emotions like the dashboard lights on your car. Mm-hmm. It's trying to tell you something. You're it's, you're trying to you need to fix it. <laughs> yep. Then the check engine lights on. You can't go forever. Your car's gonna eventually break. You know, unless a lot it's of times, just an O2 sensor. A lot of times you just need to lubricate that <laughs> that whole yeah. entire system with new information yeah. or new perspective. Exactly. So it's like that's. I think that's a good way to wrap up this episode. Is we need to appreciate life more, even when it's bad. But also, we need to listen to. We need to listen to the bad. It's trying to tell you something. Change. Exactly. You need to change. If you, you follow that existential balance beam, just brush yourself up. Get back mm-hmm. on her. Exactly. Get back on her. Get back on her. I think that's what we're going to call this episode. Get back on her. <laughs> that's <laughs> okay. a great... <laughs> it's either get back on her or um, we need more fuck it. <laughs> and on that note, bye. Bye. I'm a spooky ghost. <laughs>